kids get the popcorn out. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like, three, four years? Eight years, seven months and six days, give or take. Am I uh, sensing feelings? who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. The gods have killed. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flick! Oh! You flicked too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? And eventually, grape. Welcome! Oh, oh my god. I didn't expect you to start. Holy crap. Oh man. I thought I started all these two episodes. I don't know. No, no, you're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Geez, it, that's my bad. It's like a Saturday, but it's a we're prof- Friday. <laughs> we're professionals. Yeah, we're, it is Saturday. We're totally professionals. Uh <laughs> Jesus. Welcome to Phase Zero. This is our segmented podcast of the MCU on repeat for our initial reaction to the next. Thing that is coming out um this is full spoilers by the way i feel like i have to preface that otherwise oh yeah big time spoilers big time everything like we don't have a, enough followers that really complain about it but you know we're getting some more and i don't want y'all to put a one-star review because y'all don't have twitter you know so big time spoilers big time warning if you don't want to listen to this we won't be offended it's fine yeah, and see the movie and then and then come back. And you should follow us on Twitter, man. Like we post our initial reaction. I was gonna wait for this show, but I personally just I couldn't. Um, and, you know, and we're all about positivity here. So Blaine, I think I should go first. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, I I know you have quarrels with this movie, and I have some quarrels with it too. But well, I have mine written down. I have so mine segmented into my brain. So, um, I will go. Thor Love and Thunder directed by Taika Waititi. I loved it. I loved it. I think I think Taika Waititi has such a great way of like pulling you in with like some of this humor. And some of this humor is just completely childish and dumbfounding. And that's what I think is really neat about it is it's childish. Like you sit down in the theater and you're a child for two hours 
And then Taika Waititi reels you in with that, and you you love the characters because they're so lo- like dumb and lovable. And then he stabs you right in the fucking gut every time. Like you know, it's no different than Ragnarok. It's like, what are you the god of again? And that whole immigrant song needle drop. And there were so many moments in this film where I'm like, God, this is so fucking dumb. And then when it hit, it hit. And when the movie, when the movie opened, I expected it to open with Thor. That's typically what you do. Like depending on like your directing style, you open with the hero, and that that's how we're gonna start this journey off because it's another Thor adventure. And no, they started off with Gore the Butcher and. Everything Christian Bale does in this movie is so fucking good, and he's one of the best actors in the world for a reason. And his story, culminating with the themes of what it means to be a god, is just some really fascinating stuff. Because Ragnarok is like, who is Thor? And this movie is like, what does it mean to be a god? Like, he's not even really referred to as a god in this movie he's he's just referred to um you know as your like in ragnarok he was referred to as a hero you know and he's referred to something else entirely my mind's trailing off but it is stated several times in this movie but the thematic resonance that taika watiti puts in this film where um the framing composition where gore the butcher is begging to his god and you juxtapose that with the end of the film where you know the it's it's basically the same thing except now it's thor and like being a god is not necessarily being over everybody, but it's helping out the people who need to be helped. And Jane's storyline, even though I do feel it's a bit rushed and a bit messy at times, I love Natalie Portman in this movie. She dies. It gutted me. I cried. It is what it is. And the ending I just did not expect. And I will 100% take a movie like this that takes risks and goes balls to the walls over you know, a movie that plays it more so safe. So I walked out of this movie having my heart full, like completely full, as I've said before, as a a father of a almost two-year-old boy. And I really appreciated everything about this movie with my big-ass popcorn bucket and everything. Um, And I didn't even stay for the post-credit scenes, actually, because I was with a friend. I was supposed to go with my wife, but she watched it by herself. So um, they enjoyed it quite a bit. And my theater was popping, like, My theater hasn't been this packed ever. Like, No Way Home, there was like five people there. And it's a local theater because I usually go on Thursdays and now they have a Dolby Atmos. But this theater was popping. It was laughing at everything. Uh, Probably didn't cry as much as I did, but, you know, they're they're filthy casuals. That's what happens. So, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I know, Blaine, you have some problems with it, and I have some problems with it, too. Um, So we're going to go right into your smooth transition and to how you feel oh. about Love and Thunder. Okay. <clears throat> so, if you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted because I went with my girlfriend and her sister and her dad. We went to go see it yesterday. At the time of recording, this is a Saturday. We went Friday night, opening day. Uh, I went in. Knowing some reviews, and I've seen mixed reviews, but I always try to go in. I, I try to watch these movies as, am I going to enjoy it, and is it good? I go in with those two states of mind. Um, try to keep open mind. I know every art is subjective, you know? Films are art. It's subjective. Everybody's got their own opinion on what they like, what they don't like. Like me, Ty, when we get to it, 
I'm going to have a lot of issues with Thor Ragnarok. Oh, man. and I know you yeah. love that movie. Yep. So, and that's the like, Taika Waititi thing. I, like very divisive. It's, it's, I, I you know, like I'm going to have my issues when we when we get to there. I went into this movie knowing that I don't really care for Ragnarok. Not fifty percent of it. I'm fifty fifty on it. I guess. Um. Going in, I'm just like, keep an open mind. Maybe I'll love it. Maybe they won't beat me over the head. But I hate, I absolutely loathe the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie. Oh, those are my it, favorite parts. Oh, God. It does not let you breathe. It's joke after joke after joke after joke after joke. And I'm like, come on, guys, come on. Like, you got to, you're slapping me in the face with your dick, essentially. Like, I hated those first 20 minutes like I couldn't like the action set pieces are great that's not my problem it's it's the dialogue I hate it I hate the dialogue um I think that the infinity cones thing is stupid it's dumb who thought it was a good idea on Asgard I get your me- it's meant to be tone deaf, but I hate it. I still hate it. Uh, I'm sick of every Thor appearance having the theme of I have to find myself. Every movie, it's the first one. I want to be the ruler of Asgard, and then he finds his character. The second one essentially has to find his character again because he's, you know, has this new thread of I fought in the Avengers. The third one. I have to find myself once again. And now this one, it's, it's, it's the same theme and plot line over and over again. And I'm so sick of it. I hate the fact that they reintroduced Jane to give us mighty Thor, which looked great by the way. And just to say, nah, and kill her off. Uh, I hate the fact of having watched all these SDCC interviews and the panels and whatnot at the time. And hearing Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson say Valkyrie's looking for her queen, and then that's just not paying off. I hate baby Thor in that montage. That oh thing is nightmare God. fuel. You sound like me with Morbius. Oh! Oh, I'm sorry. Are you speaking Morbius? Because this is my next note. This movie is cut down just as poorly as Morbius, and I quote, but no one is saying anything. See, I, I think... I think uh... Uh, later in this episode, I'll push back on like some of your complaints, but like I think this movie is what, like how people are complaining about this movie, is exactly what Morbius is. The only problem is is that film Twitter has memed it to death, so the consequences mean very little. But since it's Disney, it's okay to subjectively slash and terrorize this film. Like the only difference is is that this film actually has characters people like, but. I'll let you continue, but yeah, I do have problems with uh, I do specifically Valkyrie, specifically um, the gay. How she does nothing. Yes, yeah, specifically the gayness of it all, um, and how that was kind of used as a publicity stunt in a way. Um, but I yeah, I do have. I, I'll push back on some of your stuff after you're done, and I do have. I only have some. I only have one more. Yeah, go so. ahead. You're fine. I think the goats are too much of a good thing, and it becomes annoying. See, I think, uh, personally, like me, there's nothing more that I love in the world than screaming goats. 
and it's maybe because I was raised on a farm full of screaming goats, so I might be subjectively biased. So, oh no, 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 no! Like, I think they're funny. Don't get me wrong. Like when they crash into the planet or that asteroid or whatever, oh, and you just hear them go, the "Ah!" That's <laughs> that's funny. I laughed. Yeah, uh, but I feel like it's a bit too much. They they utilize it a, a bit too much. Which, I mean, I guess you have to because, like, every time they show up, they're going to scream, I-, I guess. But, like, I feel like it's too much of a good thing and they overused it in this two-hour movie. Yeah, and, and I do have some problems on the runtime, which I'll touch on later. But I'll, I'll push back on some of your stuff now. Like, I think the first 20 minutes was probably some of the best of this movie, honestly, because... I think I think the introduction to Gore the Butcher is probably the best opening and intro to an like MC movie, MCU film that we've gotten. Oh, like no 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 I'm not talking about the no gore no no, stuff no when I say no I'm I'm getting the to, first twenty minutes I'm getting to Thor though like like the, I I have some issues and I, I'll I'll address them in that like little span but like I think Gore was phenomenal and then we transition to Thor and this is my biggest problem with the movie. Pacing aside, because I don't like it. You know, you said that you approach it to whether you enjoyed it and whether it's good. Those two things in mind. I approach it like personally, am I invested in the characters? And if I'm not invested in the characters, I'll rip it the fuck apart because I simply do not fucking care about this movie to invest my time in it. So, like, an example would be Morbius, where I think it's so ass and the CGI is so fucking bad. That I would rather get have chafed balls than to watch the movie, and that's that's just being honest. But like transitioning to Thor, it it, it wasn't tonal whiplash there, but throughout the movie you have Gore, which is such a phenomenally acted character, and the tone is so completely different that when you do transition back to Thor, it's like when we sit with Christian Bell, it's like okay, we have to be serious. He's making some really good points, like and you know in the end of the post credit scene. Gore is not wrong. Like, hashtag Thanos was right. No, fuck that. Hashtag Gore was right. Um, little burp there, sorry. Um, but going from Gore to Thor, it felt like you were whipping your head back and forth and trying to settle into an emotional state. When this movie did slow the fuck down, then it, it found its footing. Like, to me, this... And I'm going to make the comparison, and you're probably going to agree, and I'm only making it the comparison purely on pacing regards, nothing else about the movie. It reminds me a lot of Rise of Skywalker, where it's like, go, 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 get to the thing, go, 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 go. Okay, now here's a really great moment between Kylo Ren and Han Solo, and the third act just settles the Mm -hmm. fuck down, and it knows where it's at now. I think that that's one of my biggest complaints on the film. Now... The opening with Thor, like, the whole 20 minutes of him fucking off with the chicken warriors, like, I fucking love that. I love Korg being like, now let me tell you the story about the face, the space Viking Thor. And it's like, he's slowly meditating and waiting for somebody to say, hey, we need help with this battle. And then there comes Star-Lord, and he pulls Stormbreaker out of the ground, and he rides it like a Harry Potter broomstick. I, I, I fucking loved it. I loved it, and, like, him killing all the chicken people, like, him doing the splits and screaming at the chicken people, fucking love that. Um, him destroying the glass palace and then the leader of the indigenous people coming by and says, uh, God of destruction, uh, 
No, don't mention it. You're making me very angry and very sad. Here's You're making me very sad. Yeah, and like I love that. And like the the stuff with the guardians, um, like the the little minuscule things we get. Um, there there was a specific part where I was like, okay, this is going on too long. It's where Thor was like, yeah, I'll give you the ship. I'll give you my people, and that went on for a very very long time. But everything in between there, I fucking loved it, and it pulled me into the movie. I feel like if this movie has a specific problem, is that in the middle when it's dealing with its characters and what to do with them, it meanders a bit. And I and like I saw the comparison that this movie felt like a bunch of deleted scenes. I personally disagree with that. However, I do think that in the middle, it lost me a bit where it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And the humor works for me. So I didn't necessarily have a problem with them not doing anything. And then once the third act rolled back around, it... it I was like, okay, I love this movie because the thematic re- resonance is there. And thematically, I don't feel like this is another story of Thor finding himself. Like, I think Thor, the first one's about whether he's worthy or not. Dark World is just a piece of shit. I don't need, like, I don't even want to consider that. And then Ragnarok's about him not being Thor. It's about him not being worthy, him not finding himself worthy because of all of this loss. And, like, Taika completely takes away like Mjolnir and he's like are you the god of uh thunder or the god of hammers and in that moment he actually finds himself Taika Waititi reinvents the character in such a way that he has to find himself and in Infinity War and Endgame there's this there's a stage of depression he goes through and whether or not like people want to talk about like oh whether it's played off as a joke or not that's another issue but when we get to this film he's over his depression a bit but he's disassociating because He's he's lost his way. He's not an Avenger anymore. He's not a superhero anymore. He's not he's not really anything. He's just a guy floating around in space. And that's kind of what this movie feels like at times, which to me is okay because thematically it's still there. And like I said, with Ragnarok, it's like, who is Thor? And in in Endgame, we kind of get that resolution. It's time to be who I am rather than who I'm supposed to be. And it's almost like Chris Hemsworth's talking directly to the audience. He's like, listen, I don't want to be your Thor anymore. Like, I want to be what makes me happy. And in this movie, it comes back around and it's like, okay, Thor, the god of thunder. But Thor's not really a god anymore. He's just a guy trying to do the right thing. And I feel like thematically, being a, a... what a god's supposed to be in Gore's eyes and adopting his child is the only thing that really made me fall in love with this movie. Like, Jane, I felt like she was massively undercut in some scenes. And it's not it's not that her storyline is bad. There were some moments where I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to laugh. Like, when she's having chemo, I'm like, and she's squeezing the chemo bag, I'm like, I'm not supposed to laugh at that. Um, that feels weird, okay? But, like, we we get the sense of her her losing her powers and everything else but it they're put in places that tonally just is so weird because you'll have jokes and you'll have the goats and then you'll have Jane Foster in the bathroom she she takes off her thor outfit and she's just this frail thing and it's like i'm supposed to feel something and when her and Valkyrie talk, it slows down a bit. But there, it's like that. It's if, if I have a big complaint with this movie, it's tonal whiplash. And I do think that this Thor, like, thematically isn't the same as every other Thor. I think, ultimately, the, the first one doesn't matter. 
and the second one doesn't matter, and the only ones that really matter are Ragnarok and this, ultimately. Which that shouldn't be the case, in my opinion. It shouldn't be the case, but in my opinion, Iron Man 3 doesn't mean anything. Like, that that whole movie's basically retconned. You know, the idea of Iron Man 3, because of circumstances. But, like, Iron Man 1 might have been the first MCU movie. We're going to talk about that. That's going to release in a couple days. But, like, ultimately, that movie almost means nothing. You know, uh, um, Ant-Man and Wasp. Those movies are fun, but ultimately they mean nothing. Like, when it comes to the bigger the bigger picture. And that... Not this next one. Yeah, not the next one. Not the, Thank God. But, like, it, it was refreshing to me to get a take that wasn't multiversal. I got, I got to say that. Like, fuck. That that was nice. I'm not going to lie. After after the big events that were Spider-Man and, and Doctor Strange, I mean, I mean, uh, well, I mean, phase four, you have Black Widow and Shang-Chi at and Eternals. I mean, those aren't those aren't multiversal, but like they that was last year that we got them. Yeah, they, they're, they're more like cosmic, you know, and like no one no one's talking about them anymore they're they're only talking about like spider-man and and dr strange and now obviously thor but i mean yeah i agree it is like a breath of fresh air having no ties to like a a multiverse it i mean i guess you could like no you can't really say because it's it's not a variant i guess but like you're a thor now like you have your different versions of the same character like in Loki you have two Lokis you have two Thors now which is great um like I said I will take I I was so hyped for Jane Foster as Thor in this movie I was so excited that was like the main reason I was like yeah let's let's go they're finally adapting this storyline and I and I think I'm gonna go into the some of the good the things I actually do like about this movie Ty I'm not I'm not completely hating on this movie I'm I'm 75 25 on it I I overall didn't care but there are some good things i'd like to point out like you said when it's allowed to breathe and pace itself it's actually quite charming and good um that monochromatic bit when they're on in the shadow oh shadow so realm, fucking good that was people so people good. say this movie looks bad and in moments it gen- no. it genuinely it looks like the best mcu film like i think and like i'll let you finish but i like like film twitter for example i'll address them later because i looked at a lot of critical reviews and they all basically said the same thing which was nothing so critics where the fuck are you at like do your fucking job so i have some twitter reviews from like some top liked individuals and i'll read those later but that's another separate issue continue sorry okay like um actually i think the idea of taika watiti going back to the first two thor movies and kind of developing Jane and Thor's relationship outside of those movies was, was a great idea. Nick Furry. Like <laughs> Nick Furry was, that, that was actually pretty funny. Um, um, but like going into their relationship and their problems, like that was a really good idea. I was genuinely curious about why Jane left Thor. And I'm really glad we got an answer. Like, I'm genuinely happy that we got that answer. I'm just glad we got some more time with them because, I, you know, it was a dumping. It was a mutual dumping. Like, that's fine and all, but, like, they have such good chemistry. And, like, being able to go back. They really do. And, like, feel that, like, energy 
and actually see their relationship because they didn't have one in the first two movies. You know, right. I really like that too. Yeah. Um, I think Korg species being developed and, you know, I think it's great that he found someone. His name was Dwayne the rock Dwayne. Yeah. Did you see, um, Korg's God? Did you see that he was sitting on a chair of scissors? Cause rock beats scissors. Yep. <laughs> yep. I did notice that. Um, like you said, Christian Bale puts in a hell of a performance. He's one of the greatest written villains that we've had in a couple years. Yeah, I think and I think that's great. Yeah, I think he's probably my favorite in the MCU right now. Really fucking good. I saw some comparisons to Heath Ledger's Joker, and I was like, "That's absurd. That's that. No, no that can't be true." And then I watched it. He gave me more of a Riddler vibe. See, and I feel like he's. He's a, he. I like watched it, and I was like, I could see the Heath Ledger Jokerness because it's not necessarily that he's like Heath Ledger's Joker. It's just that he pulls you in every time he talks, every time he's on screen. Everybody shuts the fuck up and listens. Like, he, oh, that bit when they're when he has the kids hostage. Oh fuck, dude! Like that was by far some of the coolest dialogue and like best delivered dialogue in a in a villain that we've had. Period. Like. Oh, his favorite game is to uh, rip his head off. Oh, that was his favorite game a minute ago. You know, like. Oh, you guys thought it was cool a minute ago, you know? Yeah, it's like, fuck. And, like, he immediately he sold me, like, when he's begging to his god and he's like, I renounce you. I was like, I'm fucking in on gore. Like, fuck yes. It's really good. Like, I will. I Like, he's probably one of the best parts of the movie. And I think, and I'm going to the costumes now because when this movie got uh, announced and some promo art got released of Thor's new armor, everybody hated it. I think it's fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. I love that. Uh, it's beautiful. I the it, what cracks me up is like Twitter like uh, screenshotted his helmet and was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I like that in the movie, it's a fucking joke. Like yeah, he, no, it is. Like he sees Jane's helmet and he's like, "Oh, okay." You know, like, ah, man. And then he makes the wings bigger. Yeah, he makes his whole suit look dumber. It's fucking great. (laughs) I really like that blue armor. It's really cool looking. It's probably my favorite look Uh, that he's had. I would have to agree. Well, I like the Ragnarok uh, with the uh, helmet on. I wish we got more of that personally, but. I mean, I really like his first first costume from thor when he's got the the silver helmet yeah the wings yeah that's but that was only for like ceremonial ceremonial use i wish we would have seen more of that helmet um but i really like i really like this new armor and i really hope if they do the next movie that they keep a variation of this yeah i agree i liked it too i don't want another armor i know you're gonna sell toys i get it but like phase four of the mcu is very it's very comic booky like in their in their costumes like jane thor's perfect uh costume the mighty thor's costume is is the costume from the 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 books uh like thor's costume i can't remember whose run it is but it's very similar like it's very comic book scarlet witch has a very comic book look falcon like the new captain america suit is great loki variants classic costumes the loki's variants yep the classic yeah the 
Guardians about to get their <laughs> classic uniform. Guardians is about to get theirs, and I'm so excited to see that on screen. Like everybody in Phase Four is getting their comic book looks, and I can't. I'm I'm so happy. Like Spider Man has like one of the coolest costumes, and we've only seen it for like 20 seconds. Yep, I agree. Um, but I do have one question for you, Ty, and okay. I want to know what you think. I, it's it's just something that I was confused about during the movie, and it's towards the end. Okay. So, because we're talking spoilers, at the end, Jane Foster does die. Yes. Are you about to Big talk time about spoilers. Valhalla? We've already warned you at the beginning. And she goes to Valhalla, which is really nice. Yes. Um, It wasn't that she died in battle. It was because she died in battle with cancer. Yes, yes. I was going to bring that up, yes. I think that's uh, um, beautiful. But Thor takes on... Gore's resurrected daughter because she dies at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Her name is Love, right? Yes. So her actual name is Love? Okay. Um, Is Love worthy of holding Mjolnir? I think so. Like, uh... Because, like, when we see at the end, he's, like, making her pancakes, but he calls them pan flaps. Which I think is kind of funny, but I feel like he would know what pancakes are at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, he he makes the pancakes for love, and then he finds Mjolnir tucked in under a blanket with a with a face drawn on it, saying he looked boring, boring or whatever, which is which is a cool little joke that a kid would do. Also. Love is played by Chris Hemsworth's daughter, if you didn't know. Um, I didn't know that. That's lovely. And and young Thor, when he's running through with the really cool comic-accurate costume. Yeah. Uh, that's that's his kid. Yeah. One I, of his kids. I love that. Um, That's his son. Anyway, uh, he picks up Mjolnir, and he's got a face on it. But it was tucked in under a blanket, which either means... But it also has, like, a pillow underneath. The hammerhead. So either Thor picked it up and placed it on the pillow for her. Or she can lift Mjolnir. I think she can lift Mjolnir because there was, uh, throughout this movie, there's, there's, of course there's Jealous Stormbreaker, which I fucking loved, by the way. I fucking. I I think that was, that was a a neat touch. I was not expecting it. I didn't love it, but I thought it was kind of neat. I... I loved it personally. Like I, I wasn't expecting anything like that. So it just cracks me up that we're developing these objects as something that have personality. You know, um, almost like a, a geode in Star Wars, if you will. But like, I, no, I, <laughs> nah, I love geode. Back off. Um, no, I think she's worthy because throughout this movie, um, and also I think we're developing the objects as something different than just their worth. Now, like that's that's where I feel like we're heading because Taika Waititi is not okay with just being like, okay, Thor is the God of thunder via Mjolnir. He doesn't draw his power from Mjolnir anymore. So we, we kind of have the essence that the hammer itself isn't really anything that he's necessarily concerned about. So throughout this movie, um, he makes it a point to ask Mjolnir to protect Jane and love would not be there without Jane. And it was basically Jane's suggestion 
So my opinion is that, you know, she's worthy through surrogacy, through Jane, um, having Mjolnir watch over her. That's just my personal headcanon. Um, it, well, that that is the reason why Mjolnir is able to be lifted by Jane is because he said, watch over her. Yeah. But that that my question really is is if she's able to lift the hammer, why is it that Thor took the little hammer and gave her this big ass axe? That's because he loves Mjolnir more. This this whole movie was was about him. Uh, but like in Endgame, Mjolnir. when he gets the hammer back. Steve catches Stormbreaker, he catches Mjolnir, and he goes, No, 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 you take the little one. But it's not it's not his hammer though. Like it is it, his it's hammer. It's his hammer, but it's not his hammer. Like it's his old hammer. Like I think there's like a fundamental difference between like Dark World Mjolnir and Mjolnir that's reformed and was held by Jane and protected Jane throughout all of her trials. I I think there's like a fundamental difference there. So maybe it's sentimental. Uh, maybe he loves Mjolnir more, which he establishes in this movie. But like, I'm just happy to see that he has Mjolnir back. I don't. I just I don't I don't I think Taika Waititi watched only the first half of Endgame, where he got the hammer back. He goes, "Yes, I'm still worthy. That's great." And then he just stopped watching it afterwards because it's it it makes no sense. See, I I disagree because the movie actually brings up the fact that he loves Mjolnir more like well no I I do get that thank you I'm just saying like uh there there's no reason that he he should have let kept Mjolnir then like like there's no reason why he should have been like he should have kept Mjolnir at the at the end end game battle I I mean like I like like me personally like I said I don't that's not necessarily his hammer like I mean it's his hammer but it's not the hammer that's been through the trials with like Jane and stuff like that I think it's overly sentimental to him more than a way that it was even before so I mean I don't necessarily have a problem with him holding me on there I don't think Taika Waititi just watched the first half of Endgame I'm not gonna make that assumption but like like the movie makes it perfectly clear to me, so I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Like honestly, you know what I mean, right? So like, like you know, whether it's Mjolnir or Stormbreaker, they're both the same to me, but they're not. Like, you know, it it didn't it. I didn't even think anything about it. Well, those are all my thoughts on this movie. <laughs> okay, well. I have some Twitter reviews to um, All right. um, get through. They're not lovely ones. Um, which, you know, it's, it's like a f- weird picking point. Like, uh, I think... Um, I think the superhero fatigue is really settling in now. See? I think, the Marvel's, I think the Marvel fatigue is settling in because we're getting so many TV shows back to back to back. We're getting movies intertwined with all these TV shows. They're all six-part events, like, I, other than WandaVision. I think it's... I think it's really starting to weigh on people where like the first phase of the MCU, you got Iron Man and Hulk in the same year. You got Iron Man two on its own. And then you had Thor and cap in 2011. And then like phase two was still spaced out. I I think it's still 
but now we're getting something almost every other every other day of the week essentially i mean that's an exaggeration we're getting something like every other month almost but like i think it's a bit too much i think they're putting too much on their plates and no one's getting a break in between no one's getting a real break in between because once because let's be real like like we talked about in the captain marvel review uh we we like miss marvel but like the, the it's getting like the view it's getting view bombed because it was set up to fail and like people are going to go into people who liked captain marvel like us they're going to go into the marvels but half of the audience is a general audience they're not going to have watched miss marvel so they're going to get introduced to this character with development and they're just going to go i have no idea who the fuck this is they're going to go in to see monica rambo having not seen wandavision who the hell is this character why why should i care like they're setting themselves up to fail by doing something every every other month and i think that's why it's getting fatigued because you have to watch these tv shows to go into the next movie you have to watch these to go into the next thing and it's it's becoming overbearing for some i think as a general sense See, I want to disagree there. I don't think there's superhero fatigue. I don't think because the the general complaints that are coming aren't necessarily from the fact that it's superhero fatigue. Like like for example, Twitter, it's it's not that they're fatigued of superhero movies. It's not that it's this or that. It's that like when it comes to a movie like Thor and Love and Thunder or Miss Marvel, they had already preemptively made up their mind whether they're going to watch it or not. Because they changed Miss Marvel's origin story. They didn't like it. They didn't like Moon Knight because of this or that. They didn't like Love and Thunder because somebody took a 560 pixel screenshot and said this movie looks like complete and utter shit. And then like wrote reviews saying that it's genuinely the worst movie they've ever seen. Which to me is insane. I don't think that there's a superhero fatigue. I think everybody in general is fatigued. Because we just went through COVID, and now we're getting literally everything all at once. No, not not to quote the movie, the, the actual movie title, but we're literally giving. <laughs> like somebody was like, "Have you watched the boys yet?" And I'm like, "Bro, Ozark just came out. Stranger Things just came out. I got to choose between Miss Marvel or Andor, and I'm choosing Andor or Miss Marvel." So, like, it's not a superhero fatigue. It's that everybody's fatigued, and the 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 general thing to do, the cool thing to do is is preemptively hate these movies based on their pre-existing knowledge of nothing. And that's, like, what gets the traffic. And I think we should give general audiences a little bit more credit because even though some of these people are casual, not uh, even though these people are casuals, these movies gross almost a billion dollars every time they come out. They're not not watching the show. You know what I mean? Some the, some of these families have kids and all they want to do is watch Miss Marvel or Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So I think Disney has built this culture of hey, um, we need to watch this stuff. And also like like Monica Rambeau was in Doctor Strange and or her her mom was in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like it doesn't really matter if you've seen Captain Marvel or not. You're gonna go watch Captain Marvel after the fact. I don't think it's overwhelming in the slightest because it's not. It's not like you're watching Endgame after skipping out on ten years of content. It's it's more so that 
Like, hey, this character is introduced. Here's a little snippet of this thing, like Love and Thunderhead, which was a synopsis of Thor through Thor 1 through Endgame. So I don't think it's necessarily that. And I, I do think we should give general audiences a little bit more credit because they do demand higher intelligent films. Um, so, like, in my head, if they're demanding films that are of higher intelligent and better quality, that watching a show isn't something too necessarily hard to ask. It's it, it, it's nothing at all. But, um, so like I said, no superhero fatigue in my opinion. I do want to read some of these reviews because... Like I, like I said, like the, the, the things I've seen about this movie is you either hate it or love it. That's all I've seen. Like I've seen people that were expecting to hate it. They loved it. They expected to hate it. They hated it. Oh, wow, what a surprise. But like I, I do think like somewhere along the line people need to have a conversation with themselves because it's it's almost like, oh, I love The Eternals because it was beautiful and it had beautiful production. Um I don't care about the characters. I just care that it looks like a film, which is insane to me because if a movie like Ragnarok or Love and Thunder comes out, it's like, well, this looks like a cartoon. Somebody said that it looked like uh, Batman and Robin if Batman and Robin were made by straight people. And I'm just like, bro, what the what the fuck? It's like <laughs> like Miss Marvel was already made up. Miss Marvel was set up to fail. You know, we did talk about that. And people really only care about, like, for example, Multiverse of Madness has fucking problems. Like, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That's why I have it ranked high, but it's a lot of fun. 30 minutes was cut out. 30 minutes was cut out of this fucking one, too. But people love it. more than 30 minutes was cut out of this movie. Oh, yeah, by far. And But people love Multiverse of Madness because it's Sam Raimi. Like, you know, to to me, that just kind of baffles my mind. It's like... Well, listen, we already know what we're going to get because it's a Sam Raimi movie, so I love it. Well, we already know what we're going to get because it's a Taika Waititi movie. I don't like it, which is perfectly fine. But it feels like people aren't necessarily making up their minds about this show. Like People are like, Miss Marvel, have you watched it? No, I haven't watched it. It doesn't look that good. Miss Marvel has the best production of any MCU product to date. It has the best editing, some of the best music, some of the best acting. And I'm seeing people like genuinely just judge the movie or the product before they even watch it. It's baffling, but I'm going to, I'm just going to read some reviews. Um, you know, like Blaine and I are obviously going to disagree about this movie, but it's perfectly fine because we both went in and we made up our own minds about it. So like, you know, I don't, well, have- I waited till after I saw the movie. I didn't, I didn't try to let anything I read sway me. I just saw it was basically, I liked it or I didn't like it. Like you said, like it was yeah. either I loved it or I hated it. And no one gave their like actual opinion on it, which I'm, grateful for because like I feel like that would have tainted it for me like I see these people that I follow on on social media and film Twitter is a fucking nightmare Mm -hmm. it's it is your worst nightmare reimagined because it's either you think you're a critic and you're not or you're a critic and you're just an ass yeah yeah and And, like there is no in between and like you're go ahead sorry Oh, I'm just going to say, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in this film Twitter, quote-unquote, mentality. Because everybody has an opinion, just like everybody has an asshole. Like the old saying, everybody has an asshole. Uh, it's it's shitty. It's the worst thing to ever happen to the internet, in my opinion. It's so stupid. I hate film Twitter, but I follow it religiously because it's it's entertaining to, to look at for some reason. It's like, dopamine. 
Like that's the human experience, you know, um, is just is is not being yourself. Like if, if you went to somebody at work and they were like like me, I'm the film guy. So people were like, hey, would you recommend to see Thor? And what I tell them is I preface it by saying, are you in for a comedy right now? Yes. Go. Uh, do you want to watch a comedy? No. Okay, wait for streaming. Like, but if you went in to work with somebody and they're like, how do you feel about Thor Love and Thunder? Well, I didn't like the pacing. The blocking was a little bit choppy. Like, the person's just going to be like, oh, okay. Like, like uh, film Twitter and Twitter in general is just creating a persona for yourself on an artificial site to give your artificial opinion that nobody in real life actually cares about. Exactly. And, like, I'm going to read some of these reviews. It's perfectly yes, fine. Yes, I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep No, no, that. no, it is what it is. Like, you know, I mean, th this movie is divisive. Every Phase 4 thing has been divisive, which is okay because I'm glad that it's being divisive. Like, it's doing, exactly. it's doing it's different things. Love and Thunder is fucking nuts and bombastic you either love it or hate it multiverse of madness you either love it or hate it or your film twitter and you automatically love it like it, it you know it doesn't matter moon knight people apparently hate on it now i still like moon knight you know it's i love moon knight moon knight's great and oscar isaac's great which it, it's just anyway i'm gonna read some of these um Right. I'm not going to read the names because I don't care. I just care about their thoughts and opinions. Uh, <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder is a reminder that no amount of money can compensate for poor planning or low effort. Which, again, is so weird because I'm not going to sit here and say that a director just did nothing. Ever. 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 That's so weird. Um, both in crafting a compelling story and depicting cinematic spectacle... Two hours of antiseptic images support a ramshackle script that stumbles to a baffling conclusion. Okay, moving on to the next one. Um, oh, that's a thread. There's a whole thread. Um, no. <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder is one of the messiest, most ill-conceived movies I've ever seen. It's a cosmic circus of try-hard cringe that bizarrely tries to connect heavy themes about death, God, and love to nonstop prepubescent humor and series low visuals i wished i liked this thor love and thunder is a thinly written poorly acted cgi boring slog of a movie that in a world of comic book movies seemingly being more products down to an assembly line is questionable as to how even got greenlit in the first place like th th those are just some of them like i'm not gonna read them all but it's like it's so baffling to me like it's perfectly fine that you don't like the thing like, I say right. every day, I love that you love the thing, because it's everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody's like, like I said at the beginning, art is subjective. Exactly, comedy is subjective. But if any of you are listening, like if you listen to a spoiler review, if you're gonna listen to this and you haven't seen the movie, I do it all the time. I did, I spoil movies for myself. I didn't spoil this movie for myself, but I I, I look up everything. Thor: Love and Thunder is coming out. I have to look at all the opinions. All right, critics say it sucks. They're hovering at a 69%. Nice. You know, all of this stuff. Uh, I watch Grace Randall's review. Why? Because if she hates it, I love it. That's genuinely, like, how it all... I just genuinely hate her. I, I, and I don't like her either, but, like, our opinions always go opposite. And there has never been a time where she likes something. Like, she liked Morbius. Fucking can't stand it. You know, she uh, didn't like... I think she liked the Batman that much, but she had problems with it. I love the Batman. But it's like, if you're listening to this and you're looking for a spoiler review and you cannot make up your mind on whether to see this movie, all I ask for you 
is to make up your own mind about this movie. Like, I agree. I I really do agree on that. Like th- this, MC the MCU product is not high art. Like I'm not doing an MCU podcast because it's high art. Like somebody mentioned, uh, they'll never have a dark night in the MCU, and I'm like, I don't want a dark oh, night. So dumb. I don't want a dark night in the MCU. Who says they're going for a dark night in the MCU? You, you know what superhero flicks are in the MCU? They're escapism with real world themes that are mixed in, where you can confront the fears of everyday life and still escape from it a little bit, and that's all it is. And I got that out of this movie. I got it out of Multiverse of Madness. So I'm sufficed. You know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. damn. I, I, I do have some, con- uh, some not controversy, about the film in general. Um, about the the gayness, if you will. Um, I have a review here from uh, old Rexy, if I scroll a little bit, because Rexy left their opinion on this. Where is it at? Okay. Rexy said, Fun as hell, had a lot of moments, definitely cried a few times, and also a lot of gay people, question mark. And it's like, listen, if your gay audience is questioning whether or not there's a lot of gay people in your movie, um, you haven't done your job. Like, there's a lot of moments where it's like, oh, this is gay, but it's not gay enough. Like, Valkyrie kissing a girl's hand, her being Team Jane, you know? There's there's a little bit of there. Korg um, being canonically and biologically... The Quark's people being biologically gay by definition, you know, it's just like, man, this was such a weird thing because I know Taco Watiti is a troll and I love Taco Watiti, but I don't think he's a troll about this. I seriously think Disney cut 30 minutes out of this movie and the other 30 minutes was a lot gayer. Like the whole scene of Valkyrie licking her blade. It's a sexy shot and it's very Taco Watiti, but it was cut from this film. Like, Mm-hmm. What is going on here, Disney? What? Like, I have no problems with two hour movies. Multiverse of Madness flies, and I love it. This flies, and I love it too. But holy fucking Christ. Like, uh, people do have complaints that phase four is messy, and I think that it's messy in the sense that, uh, like, a hundred different characters are being introduced. And they all haven't come together yet. They only yet. say it's messy because they don't know where the hell this is going. They don't exactly. know where the big arc is going. Exactly. But, like, the only thing that's made me be like, oh, I could see that is Multiverse of Madness in this movie because they're just two hours long and it just flies by and there's content on the cutting room floor. And I think that's because of COVID because Guardians 3 was supposed to take place before this and now it's taking place after this. So I assume there's some more Guardian stuff that was cut because there was some Guardian stuff in the trailer that, well, was cut. So that that those can be my only assumptions because COVID happened, fucked everything up, and then now that COVID is and I quote over, um, we're getting everything all at once, and they they're having to take these fucking puzzle pieces and being like, well, this was gonna be here, but I guess I gotta snap it in half and put it over here, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like those those are genuinely my only complaints about this movie. Like I I adore this movie. I adore Taika Waititi. Um, like, you know, I get like people don't like Taika's sensibilities. I get it. I could, I could see why people don't, um, I adore this movie. Um, I have it on my letterbox at number one right now. That's where I have it at. I, uh, move some stuff around. Um, so I was actually going to bring that up actually, because I was going to say this for Iron Man. Cause I thought we'd have recorded that first. Uh, cause we're doing a double recording today. Just- uh, however, I would like to bring it up 
now instead. So I had went on Twitter and I said I was rehashing my my Letterboxd account based on because having listened to our old episodes, you and I both agreed. You kind of look at it. You kind of look at films. I know you go to have you go to these films to have fun because they're 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 movies. They're they're meant for kids, obviously. Or these movies, Marvel, these comic book movies are are mainly for kids. Like they're they're for general audience and and for fans. Like if you want to have a good time, you go see one of these movies. Yes. Um, but we had we had made a point at one at one time saying that you kind of look at things a little bit more critically. And I look at things of how much fun am I going to have? I here's here's the thing about critically. I think being critical, being a critic in general, uh, like if you read a review, right, go to the latest Love and Thunder review. It, like, I'm not trying to go on a tirade. I'm sorry. I'm genuinely no, okay, sorry. Man. I'm just saying like, um, the, the, the point that I was bringing <laughs> up, it was it was mainly like. You're able. You look at these movies and you can break down like your things. Like I, I went to school and I work and I work with film. I, I I'm an actor. Like I, that's my, that's my hobby. That's what I want to do as a light as my passion. That's my passion project. Um, but like every episode that we've done, you're the one who has broken down the theme, the the messages of all these films, and I'm just like. I'm taking toys and I'm smashing them together. Like that's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what, like I'm having I'm having a good time watching 90% of the movies that we've watched. Well, like the X-Men movies are like the only ones I didn't have a good time watching. Well, and and a lot of that has to do with, you know, like I said, if you go to any Love and Thunder review, you're going to get Oh, starring blah, blah, blah. Here's the synopsis. Here's my unoriginal thoughts about the concept of this movie. And I think that's so disingenuous to the general audience because if you're watching an MCU film, if we're watching these films, you watch them because you love the characters. And I feel like every single movie that isn't a a film, like Chris Nolan-type-esque film, like you have to approach it from a, like a character point, like Star Wars. It's It's always about the characters. It's always been about the characters. And I think that if you have characters that wor- are worth investing in, then you can see the themes like come to life, if you will. Like, and if a film does not do that, then I start to see the flaws of the rest of the film. And that's kind of how I approach it critically. But like, you know, I I, ju- I just feel like the way people are critics towards films are just disingenuous, and that like I just. I totally reverse it because people are like, production quality is great, dialogue's great, and I'm like, do I love these characters? Like, you know, so I I get it a bit ass backwards, but yeah, yeah, a little bit more critically, I right. guess. But like, okay, so like when I went on Twitter and I just said I'm redoing my letterbox and I'm basing these on how much fun did I have watching the movies? Like, how much fun did I have? Like, did I enjoy watching what I watched? Not. I'm not trying to break things down like this is bad because like the the critics say it's bad. I'm not breaking it down critically. It's I, that and I feel like that's how I went about a lot of these films is like I hate it and I'm critically basing it off of this particular thing because I I don't like the director. I don't like this and blah blah blah. But like I think I was more harsh on it where I I feel like I should be a little more loosey goosey with it, you know? No, and I get that. And like I, like a lot of people would say that's like you lowering your standards, and I find that disingenuous. So, um, because I hate uh, 
disingenuous so much. I actually lowered Logan from first to seventh. Um, I did as well. I lowered Logan a lot, actually. And it's not because I don't think it's a masterpiece or I don't think it's a genuinely good film because it's one of my favorite films of all time. It's that when I'm talking about the MCU and I'm talking about these characters, I have to reevaluate and reassess. Will I watch this movie Mm -hmm. more than two times in a year? If the answer is no then I find it disingenuous in myself to put it in number one. Like, for example, Ragnarok, I watch five plus times a year. Like, if I'm bored, Ragnarok. Like, that's like I've watched Multiverse of Madness yeah. three times. And that's how I am with Spider-Man, like the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Like, if I'm bored, I'm going to put in the Amazing Spider-Man because I love that movie. Exactly. Like, I have the Amazing Spider-Man 2 over Logan, and it's not necessarily that I think it's a better film, though in a lot of aspects it might be. Um, controversial take, hot take, haha. Um, it, <laughs> it's just that I enjoy it that much. It's like, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's why, yeah, and that's why I was like, after... Before I went to go see Love and Thunder, I was like, I need to reevaluate this thing because, like, I want to know if I'm gonna have fun because Thor: Love and Thunder from the trailers looks like it's gonna, it's a, it's a fun movie. Like, it's meant you can turn your brain off, you have a good time, you watch it. And I went into that movie and I turned my brain off and I watched the movie and like, and I gave my thoughts. Everything that I've said is from me looking at it. Like, am I gonna have a fun time watching this movie? Overall. Yeah, it's a fun time. I have a lot of issues with it, and I've listed them. But overall, is it enjoyable? And I put it on Twitter. I tweeted that. I was like, Thor Love and Thunder. Is it enjoyable? Sure. Is it good? Meh. To me? Meh. You know, like, it's about no, no, on I, par. I get it. It's It's on par with some of the middle-tier mcu movies you know yeah no and i I completely get that and like for me for me and like looking at my ranking i was i was thinking the same thing because i'm like i enjoy thor love and thunder a lot is it better than logan and i thought to myself i was like that's a really weird question considering they're two completely different films you know it's like 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 some of these movies are made to be enjoyed and some of these movies are meant to deconstruct a meta-analysis, like having a meta-analysis on the current thing. And I just found it disingenuous to myself. So as you tweeted that, I was actually in the process of rearranging stuff. So, mm-hmm. so like, I, I mean, the movie changed my mind on how to evaluate this as well. So um, I have the following. Um, this is pre-Iron Man. Um, I have Thor Love and Thunder at number one. I have First Avenger at number two, Agent Carter the series at three, Multiverse of Madness at four, and Captain Marvel at five. Okay, so I, like, overtooled everything, okay? Like, I went through and I was like, I need to reevaluate where I put things. Um, And you know what? Mine is, according to Film Twitter, very controversial. Hell I'm yeah. not going to lie to you because I have Thor Love and Thunder at... Uh, let's see. Where do I have it? 69. Uh, no. Nice. I actually have it at 18. Eight? 18? Jesus Christ. 18. It's, it's not that I didn't have, and it's above all the movies that I think are awful. Like, it's not that I think the movie's awful. It's okay. Yeah. To me, it's okay. It's only okay. Like, there are parts I like. There are parts I don't like. 
overall, I just thought it was okay. It's about what? Mm-hmm. How can I put this without sparking another heated tirade? You you might uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's to me, it's the film Twitter's Force Awakens. Ooh, ooh! It's only okay. Oh yeah, that no, we're not going there. This isn't a Star Wars podcast. Exactly. I don't. I don't. I, just, I was like, I don't want to do this right if, now. If you want to hop over to my Star Wars podcast, we can have a fisticuffs. But um, um, oh, hold on, Ty. I did say I haven't seen the sequel trilogy since the Rise of Skywalker had come out. So I'm gonna rewatch them. I'm gonna try and reevaluate on how much fun I have with them. I'm gonna take that same mindset, okay? Because when I went into the Last Jedi, I think I went into it preemptively. I'm gonna hate this movie from what I've seen. Okay, like I don't, I don't know. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'm, I'll, I'll I'm gonna think differently. Okay, so, just don't. Well, kill hey, me no, yet. no, don't you're you're completely fine. If you don't like the sequel trilogy, that's fine. I just don't ask people to be disingenuous with like how they are. Like if you don't yeah. like the sequel trilogy, you're completely valid in not liking the sequel trilogy. Like me, like I said, I always approach it from a character standpoint and Star Wars taught me that very very well because Star Wars is big and fucking stupid. Let's be honest, oh, the original trilogy I, I was wrong. I lied. I lied. I actually bumped it up one spot, okay? okay I actually this... bumped it to 17. <laughs> Hey man, wherever you have it, that you know that that's your ranking. But like I no, said, well, I'm looking at it because I'm I'm thinking like if I'm gonna rewatch a lot of these, like I'm thinking like if I'm bored on a like a Sunday afternoon, um, am I gonna pop this movie in over some of these other ones? And the answer is, uh, yeah, I'll probably if I once you know Thor: Love and Thunder comes out on Disney Plus or it comes out on on Blu-ray. It's I'm pro I'd probably pop it in over the last eight films on this list. Okay, I I'm I'm reevaluating it because I'm bumping it up two spots. Actually, I bumped it from eighteen to sixteen. Okay, um, <laughs> because and I'm not, I'm gonna share my list up to that point. Okay, um, I'm gonna share the whole list because it's it's very quick. I have the Amazing Spider-Man, First Avenger, Multiverse of Madness, Captain Marvel, Tasm Two, Spider-Man One, X-Men, the first one. Wolverine, Agent Carter, Days of Future Past, You're Gonna Lynch Me, Morbius, Deadpool 2, Deadpool, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 2, then Love and Thunder. First Class, Logan, Apocalypse X2, Origins, Wolverine, Dark Phoenix, Last Stand, New Mutants. Shame, New Mutants is more fun than Morbius. How dare you? No, it's not. <laughs> There's a big bear, it's a small Hey, bear. that's that's this more than Morbius. <laughs> anyway, uh... Bu- uh I'm happy that you rearranged your list, but like, you know, I just, I don't know. Overall, I didn't think, I don't think it's as good as everybody's saying. And I think, I I don't know. Okay. It's just my opinion. I'm one person in a sea of people who are going to see this movie. Like, don't let, I'm not going to tell you don't like this movie. That's not what I'm about here. That's not what I'm here to say. We're doing this podcast because we have differences of opinions and we have a discussion about it like we've been doing. Exactly. I think I thought I thought maybe we're going to have like a fisticuff fight, like you said, with the Star Wars thing. Come over to my Star Wars podcast. We'll fisticuffs this out. And I think we've been really civil about this. Like I put on Twitter, like, I don't think this is a great movie. And everybody's like, is this going to be the MCU on repeat Civil War? And we both tweeted. 
Yeah, probably. It's like it's a yes in a way. It's yes in difference of opinions. Like I completely think like I respect Blaine's opinion. I respect everybody's opinion. I respect your opinion, man. Do do I think it's it's correct because it's not my opinion? No, not necessarily. And like I I aired my grievances about it. But like I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. here and like try to punch you through the computer screen. There's no there's no room for that. But um the Civil War is over. I do have to close out, um, I have a comment from Garrett, how the people on Twitter who have seen it rated it, and then we're going to give our little um, suggestion or rating for this show. So that guy, Garrett, said he gave me uh, a big old one. I like the first Thor movies enough, but never Thor as a character. Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth brought a new life to the character in Ragnarok, and collaboration grows Thor's story in many new and unexpected ways. The story is a fun adventure with great supporting cast and inventive action. In the opening sequences showing Gore's origin broke my heart, and seeing where Thor himself ends up brought a tear to my eye. Natalie Portman gets her due as Mighty Thor. She and Hemsworth sell everything about what worked and what didn't work about their relationship, and her fight scenes wielding Mjolnir were fantastic. Tessa Thompson and Taika Waititi's core were so much fun to watch, albeit underutilized. Um... That, that that last part's me. Uh, and Christian Bale's gore is on super echelon of comic book movies for me, for his creepiness alone, I agree. I think this might have to be one of my favorite comic book movies now. I love it. I love it. I love its heart, and it's got a lot of it. Before, I was worried that there wasn't much left to do with Thor, but now I know there's plenty more. So that's that guy's Garrett. Go follow his Garrett cult on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I the love him. himself. I love him to death. Um, and then I asked Twitter to uh, give me their rating. Now we're doing a completely different rating and this is just funsies because I'm so sick and tired of the one through 10 format. Just like yeah. I rearranged letterbox. I rearranged this shit just to have more fun because baby, that's all what it, that's all it's been about. Um, so, the the structure goes as follows. Repeat. So amazing that you watch again and again. Ha ha. Skeet. To completion. Meet. At least there's some hot people in this thing. And delete. Nah. So 63% of you gave it a repeat. 13 said skeet. 6 of you said meet. And 19% said delete. <sighs> and then do we want to give our uh, opening day matinee or stay away? Or what have you. Yeah, okay. So I came up with one. Um, it's mainly kind of our opinions. Like, after after watching this movie... Oh, sorry, I just bumped my mic. Um, it's... Because I've seen people do, like, best movie ever, worst movie ever type of thing. And I wanted to do something like that. So my, my category is opening day or matinee. Okay? Mat- now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go see it in the theaters regardless. Um could be you're going to just stream it at home okay i just wanted to do the one or two situation it's the yes and yes yes or yes or no kind of situation that's what it really is it's a yes or a no so it's either i'll see it opening day or eh, i'll wait till it's you know i can watch it somewhere else kind of deal um now i would say matinee for me ty i'm assuming you're going to say opening day yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm an opening day kind of gal here. Yeah, and that's perfectly okay. I that's th- a okay yeah. for opening day. I think right? it, it, I think if you have a family, it's it's also um, opening day as well. 
I, I think uh, your kids will have a lot of fun with this one. I know Ragnarok was more, um, had a lot of adult suggestive things in there, and I know this one does as well. However, it's got a lot of stupid stuff that, you know, people who aren't 28 um, would love, like Screaming Goats. <laughs> but I'm also 28, and I love Screaming Goats, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, Again, I think the movie is all right. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece because to me it's not. I I I would still see this movie. Like I'm gonna. I Marvel has my wallet no matter what. Okay, like I've said that multiple times. Marvel has my wallet to the day I die. Uh but I guess if I weren't doing this podcast with you, I probably wouldn't have seen this on opening day i probably would have just waited a little bit get a feel for what people are thinking but i want to go into these and do this recording with my own thoughts ahead of time so go ahead sorry i'm i'm still i'm sitting at the matinee i think I'd, i'd wait i'm always biased i always go opening day um because i like being I like being – I'm always going to not tell you to not see the thing. Like, if you're curious about it, um, like when I used to do book reviews, it, I, it's so disingenuous of me to be like, listen, this book sucks. Don't read this book because you yourself are going to take something away from it that I might not. Or you might not take anything at all from it, and I might take everything. So I feel like it's disingenuous to – like for me to like tell you what to do with your time. So I'm always the like opening day guy because I like for the most part now, like when we talk about Eternals and Thor, well, I mean, those are in the past, but when we talk about, you know, Wakanda forever, that could be a matinee. We never know. Um, But I always want you to go, 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 and then make up your mind for your own. Like, just don't read comments and then think that their original thought pieces on whatever right. you are. Most importantly, every keep your heart open. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff comes comes from the heart. Like we love these characters and that's why we do this. So and and I think that point is proven already in this podcast alone because again, just last episode Captain Marvel. I had the notion I hated that movie. It's great. It slaps. And who knows? Maybe once all this hype dies down for Love and Thunder and we get to the point where we're going to repeat this movie and give like all the trivia and all the other stuff on this movie once it starts getting released like and we see deleted scenes and whatnot like maybe my viewpoint will change and that's what's know. so cool about doing like this little phase zero thing all the way to like the, yeah. the repeat because like I love No Way Home but after rewatching it I have some problems with it you know that like yeah no exactly exactly so like you know i totally get that i put it at my number one and people were like well that's recency bias and it's like well i recently had that much fun that i put it at number one so i don't know what are you gonna do stop listening i mean i mean it's not gonna happen we got a spell on you people (laughs) hook and sinker baby all right i think i think it's about time to wrap this up (laughs) i think it's about time to wrap it up i we've uh, we got Iron Man to record yet. <laughs> That's true. True. On Monday, Iron Man will release on July 18th, Iron Man 2, July 25th, The Incredible Hulk, and August 1st, what do you know? We're back to Thor. 
Oh, I did get a DM from somebody asking what my pitch was uh, from Captain Marvel because we never actually said what it was actually. It was instead of recording this on Saturday and waiting all the way till Friday to release the episode, which gave us more time to really edit it. But mainly we kind of forgot about things and we had have life come up a lot of the time. So I was like, why don't we just record Sunday or Saturday and just release it Monday. So we're just like, we remember it, it's done. And then we can just go on about our lives. Yes. And I was, I was going to release this on Sunday, but I love you guys so much that I'm going to release it today. I'm going to get it out. Oh, we're releasing it day up, day one. Yes. Okay. I'm, I like I'm, I'm going to release it for y'all a day early because I love y'all so much because we're almost at 500 listens after just getting to 400. So I appreciate Damn. and love you all. Like our Captain Marvel episode was, was a huge hit on y'all. And I, again, I appreciate the love and support over there. Yeah, I really do. I really do appreciate all the interactions you guys give us because like, it's really cool talking about this stuff with other people. Like, <laughs> And that's mainly why we made this podcast, right, Ty? Like, we just like talking about this crap. Oh, yeah, I'm building a community. Like, you know, I've I've done my fair share of, like, community building. And, like, this one's special. Um, You know, I've had several podcasts, and none of them have made it to um, 24 episodes. So Iron Man's going to be that one. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty big accomplishment. Most podcasts die within, like, the first 10 episodes. So... Once you Dude, get with this phase zero, huh? Thing that we have with the with the phase zero thing that we have, we're already at twenty four. The Iron Man will be our twenty fifth episode. Well, there at least. You, well, there you go. You know, it, it's a it's just a it's a huge accomplishment because yeah, you know, like I said, most podcasts die out. Like they're not able to sustain a community. So a community would not be possible without every single one of you. Like SL and Garrick, like Rexy, like you guys, Penny Bloom podcast. Um, you know, every single one of you who engage, uh, I don't remember you all and I'm so sorry for that. But like I said, this, this review, this phase zero will be my gift to you as an exchange. And don't hang me in the comments, please. For the love of God. (laughs) No. For the love of thunder. Yeah. 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 For, for love all through love, all things are possible. So uh, let's not poo-poo on Blaine. There's, there's no reason for that. And I mean, I could, I could be the one getting poo-pooed on by film Twitter. You never know. Um, Who knows? Because yeah. I said. Oh, some also, shit. I was wrong. It was, it is 24 because we did uh, Apocalypse and uh, Dark Phoenix together because your computer shit out. True, true, true. But you know, uh, if you want poo-poo on both of us, I'm okay with that. Yeah, damn right. We're, just don't, well, just don't force your opinions on other people. We're That's all, all I have to in say. this together. We should end this episode. (laughs) Yeah, we need to send. All right, uh, stay tuned because Monday we have Iron Man coming out. Uh, The introduction to the actual MCU. 